0: Aloha, Iga.
1: Hi, Jim. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our third episode.
0: I'm really excited about this one. We started a little bit talking about possibility last time, and I, this is going to be talking about one of my favorite concepts. I'm looking forward to sharing it with our listeners.
1: I'm looking forward to um, to learn more about it as I read the book, actually, The Art of Possibility, but I feel I would like to read it few more times to really um, understand the concept and I am looking forward to listening about it from you
0: yeah it's one of my favorite things to talk about I first read it about and was say, 15 years ago um, and I've shared it with lots of people and I, I just love the way it talks about it. a different perspective of being with the world and being with yourself it's great
1: so 15 years ago was the first time when you read this book so tell me maybe what what did you learn
0: well so i i guess the main thing is it it really resonated with me because i'm a rather optimistic person i like to see people in their best lights and i like to see the best in most situations Um, not always but that's certainly what i my preference is And so this book, with its uh, main theme of finding possibility in every situation and every person you interact with, uh, it just really resonated with me, and it really hit the mark because it, it, you know, I really believe that we, um, the perspective that we take, really drives who and what we are and our experiences with the world. And when you look at people and you try to find the best of them and you try to find possibility and everything that's happening around you, it just fundamentally changes how you interact with the world and with each other.
1: That sounds really amazing. So at what time was it? uh, What have you been doing at that time when you read this book and it really resonated with you?
0: So it was actually one of those books that was kind of forced on me because I had never heard it. I was uh, in the Department of State and I was taking a leadership class and the uh, instructor had us read this book as part of the leadership class. Um, And from the moment I first read it, I knew it was something that I needed to read again and reread and to really study various parts of it. Um, So it's been with me ever since then.
1: Wow, such a great story. It's great that we have this chance to read it. But so what is this special about this book? Because probably our listeners still don't know what we're really talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're probably right. I've not been very clear. So uh, the one thing I really like about it, it's done by um, a husband and wife team, uh, Ben and Roz Zander's and I love how they each take turns writing a different uh, chapter and bringing different experiences from their lives and actually that when it's really started resonating with me in an even deeper way was when I heard them read it um, and hear because Ben Zanders is a is a conductor and so when he reads it and he's playing the music that he talks about and the experiences he's talking about it really makes the it an even deeper experience in reading it but So the main idea maybe is to, just to give an example of the way that they write and how they introduce these ideas about possibility. Um, So one of my favorite stories is uh, the story that Ben Zanders talks about. And so there's the Prime Minister, let's call him Prime Minister Bob, is sitting in his office meeting with another Prime Minister, let's call him Prime Minister Joe Having a great conversation, and in the midst of the conversation, Terry runs into the room, and Terry has just got his hair on fire. He's just crazy, he's screaming and shouting. He just can't believe the crazy people out there. He's oh my god, everything is terrible. And Prime Minister Bob looks up and says, Terry, Terry, remember rule number six. And Terry says, Oh, (laughs) okay, you're right. Rule number six. Okay, got it. Yeah, how fascinating. Great, thanks. And he walks out, just, just kind of like he's floating on air, and says, yeah, we we'll knows notice it's got it. And the uh, other prime minister, looks at the first prime minister, doesn't say anything, okay, fine, whatever. And they go on talking. A few minutes later, um, another employee runs in, and this is uh, his employee, Sarah, runs in. And Sarah is just completely bonkers as well. Oh, oh my God, Prime Minister Bob, is terrible. This is going on, that's going on. It's just horrible, oh, I can't believe I did that. It's shocking, it's terrible. Prime Minister Bob looks up and says, "Um, yeah, hey, Sarah, remember rule number six. Remember rule number six. And Sarah takes a deep breath and she says, thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed. And so um, the second prime minister looked at Prime Minister Bob and says, sorry, excuse me, I just got to ask. What just happened there? What, What is rule number six? And Prime Minister Bob took a long breath and said, well, rule number six is pretty simple. It's don't take yourself so damn seriously. And the second Prime Minister just nodded his head and said, yeah, that's a really good rule. That's a great rule. And what are the other rules? And Prime Minister Bob said, well, you know, really there are no other rules. There's just rule number six. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. And so I... I love that story because it's, it gets to the heart of so many of our problems. Our ego gets in the way of things. The fact that we take ourselves so seriously gets in the way of things. And if we just start focusing and being kind and loving to ourselves and focus on what's possible for ourselves, we can focus on what's possible and be kind and loving to others. And that just transforms our relationship with ourselves and with each other.
1: Yes I mean it's really such a great story and it really reminds me on the first of all of the how fascinating attitude right it's also from this book so it's pretty much about breaking the tension sometimes when we are really stressed we are trying to be hyper achievers and sticklers and all of this saboteurs that are uh, coming in our way and uh, that's that's the rule number six pretty much shifts the the energy, and I love this concept.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Just one, it it puts the focus on yourself, where so many of our problems come up, and it asks you, you know are you are you in love with power, or is it about the power of love, and when you think about it that way. It's, it's really transformative. It, it helps you have a better relationship with yourself and others, and it, it speaks to this perspective of what's possible here, not what's limiting here, what's good or bad. What is possible in this instance that we can use to make things better or that we can use to drive change?
1: So what I hear you saying is that when we... Uh... When we are seeing things more optimistic or maybe just we don't concentrate ourselves on this stress, stressful situations or, or on the things that are going wrong, we, we just um, are more open to possibility, right? So the, the positive side of the things is turning things into a gift, seeing a lesson out of something, seeing the possibility.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's, yes, 100%, that's right. Yeah. And I think the other part of that is it's it's kind of like, you know, if you buy uh, a red BMW or something and you just go outside, all of a sudden you're going to see red BMWs all over the place. And so if you fill your mind with possibility, what you're going to see around you is possibility in everything, not, not limiting beliefs, not... Uh, overly optimistic beliefs, but just possibility, um, and it changes the way you interact with each other. It changes the way you experience the world, um, and it's it's just a great worldview and a great perspective to have.
1: Yeah, that's really amazing. So I, um, we told our listeners already a little bit about our story. How did we meet, and um, so. So one of the things that, were, that I was really uh, fascinated about when we were talking, for example, in our German language lessons, was that you always was so um, kind, so open, so relaxed, and it felt, felt like you are really full of possibility. But also what was the other thing that really was beautiful is that you saw so much possibility in me.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, because definitely that, in that coaching, in the tr- teaching that you d- gave me with the German language, there was always a sense of optimism and hope. And even though um, I was not the best student that you had, the, the one that was studying the hardest, you always found a way to make that hour we spent together full and fulfilling and very useful and I really grew under your teaching methodology and I found that to be very yeah it was full of possibility I look forward to our lessons because it was full of possibility.
1: This is really amazing because uh, I was just thinking about the the fact that we had lessons every day. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I do, yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's really something that I am always struggling with. If some, uh, some student wants to have lessons every day, it's like really, it's a different story. And having lessons with you every day, it was just like, oh, I'm waiting for, for the lesson to start. <laughs> And but that was, was just always, because you
0: were laughing at me. It's okay.
1: No, because this was always <laughs> it was always such a, lear, a learning point for, for maybe both of us at the same time. Yes, exactly. And, and the, the, the time that we spent together is just full of possibility, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great example. And certainly how I felt about it as well.
1: Great. So at this point, I I actually am so curious about the time uh, that you... And um, at the time we met, you were leading the U.S. consulate in Frankfurt. And at the time you met, you were leading the U.S. consulate in Frankfurt in Germany. Yes. So if you could just tell us a little bit about it, maybe what was the biggest lesson you took away from the time you uh, have been there?
0: Consul General. So so the American Consulate General in Frankfurt is the largest American consulate in the world. And I was privileged to lead an amazing group of people. Um, And the the consulate had a worldwide mission. We supported uh, embassies and diplomats, U.S. diplomats around the world. Um, But we also had a large footprint in Germany and we dealt a lot with uh, our bilateral relations with the Germans. And um, Frankfurt also had... I think at that time about 130 other consulates and from other nations. So it was a really interesting time. Frankfurt's also really the center of one of the mo- most economically productive areas in Germany. So business and banking. It was just an amazing time to be there. And you can also imagine how. Um, In the midst of this work, having 900 employees working for you in the midst of a very dynamic relationship, in the midst of work around the world, there was always something that was coming up. Somebody did something wrong. We made a mistake about something. We could have done X better. One of our customers wasn't happy with us. And certainly, it would have been easy to get mired in the details and focus on the things that went wrong. Um, But to me, I I still remember reading um, The One Minute Manager many years ago and talked about this idea of catching people doing things right. And I've tried to live up to that and I think that lives right in this idea of possibility. You know, when you're walking around and you're noticing people doing things right and thanking them and praising them, and setting higher standards so they can do even better, um, it just changes your relationship with your employees, it changes your uh, relationship with your customers, where the idea is to find possibility and things that are happening around you. Um, and as I said, the, the staff that worked for me and with me were just an amazing group of people. And you know, maybe just one example is, I also gave a lot of speeches and a lot of public talks. And whenever I was in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the car uh, with my staff going out to an event, we would always review, you know, what the main points we wanted to get across, the audience, who was gonna be in the audience, what I needed to say. Um, Cause I was not very good at reading speeches. I always liked to just know the main points and talk about them. And we would also review, the idea that as soon as this was done and we were driving back to the consulate, we were gonna review my performance. And their job was to focus on what I did well, just so I could strengthen that possibility, but more importantly, what I could have done better. Um, And it's very frightening for many people to give their bosses honest assessments. Um, but again, it was really important for me, and I reminded them repeatedly that you have to be able to tell me what I can do better and what resonated and what didn't resonate with people so that we can all get better at this. And so on that ride back to the consulate or the ride back home, it was always a wonderful conversation as we explored you know, what I could have done better, what I did well. And just trying to think about the possibilities for using that knowledge and skill in future conversations that I have.
1: That's really amazing. Because when you think, people really tend to, to just focus on what went wrong. Is yes, it something exactly. that you had to pretty much teach your employees or, or kind of coach them in this mindset?
0: Yeah, some people get it easier than others. Um, yeah. So, and... One, since I am that way and I work really hard to be that way, it's it's much easier to create that environment where others can be that way as well. Of course, not perfect. People are going to complain and be unhappy no matter who the boss is or no matter what the situation. But if you create an environment where you're looking at possibility and you're looking at hope, it's a very different place to work. Um, and one of the the ways that we tried to share that with our staff as well was our vision statement which was we will transform the way you experience government which to me captures this concept of um, possibility beautifully because it's it, it's really focusing on transformation and seeing the world differently and it also captures the idea that the people that we need to transform this experience with are also our internal customers, the people we work with mm-hmm. and our external customers, the people we're serving. Um, because at the end of the day, we are public servants or we were public servants and we were working for the American people and we were working in service of the people who needed our services. So that idea of a possibility really resonated with me. Um, and so it was certainly an ideal, for me to find out how to best bring that about in a place like Frankfurt.
1: Oh, that really sounds amazing. Um, it sounds like you, you were in your zone of genius at that time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in the zone of something, that's for sure. But I think <laughs> the other thing that I really enjoy about the book is this concept that they talk about of enrollment. Mm-hmm. Um, and enrollment is a type of influence, um, and but it's not a sales pitch. It's it's the idea that um, your ideas are so powerful or you're so uh, living the idea that you're trying to explain that people want to join you. It's a, it's, it's a way to influence people by saying, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it. Come and join me for this ride. And... So, it's not about forcing something on them. It's about inviting them to take a step with you. And that is also about creating creating possibility, right? That it's, you know, you can stand behind people. And we know nowadays that this is not the best way to motivate most of our workforce and just yell at them or hold them accountable for very strict standards. Or you can invite them into this place where you're asking them to be their best self as well. And that you're telling them that this is a better place and better way to be, and I love that idea. And I find it—you know—of course, it doesn't work all the time. But when you, when a boss creates that environment and invites people to step into that space with them, with the boss, it's a much more powerful relationship. You get much more productivity out of your staff. Uh, the workplace is much less stressful you still need stress to grow and to do various things but you're doing it in an environment that's supportive and kind and loving as opposed to one that's vindictive and limiting and it just creates a very different set of interactions again nothing is perfect but we we tr- can try to set this up
1: wow this is uh very beautiful what you have said. And also I I uh think that at this uh point I would like to mention maybe the the enrollment that also happened between us uh when when we were in the coaching relationship later on, when uh when I just felt invited into coaching naturally. Does it make sense? So at I, some point it felt it you never mentioned it to me but I just felt I want to be a coach. Like I just knew it. <laughs> and, and so you kind of like evoke this transformation, evoke this passion in me and this this world of possibility. How is this possible?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's such a great example, Ego. Thanks. Um, yes, the, the bottom line is that when you're in a place where there is space for you to grow or there's place for you to transform, it allows you to think about the world differently. It allows you to envision your skill set differently. It allows you to envision your relationship with your students, with yourself, with your family differently. And I mean, to me, I the way that you taught really reminded me of, of coaching in many ways. And the skill sets that you need when you teach the ability to listen, the ability to really be present with your students to get the best out of them are some of the skills that the best coaches have. Um, So to me, it was a natural, it's not surprising that you think, oh yeah, I can do this. This is what I want to do. It's such a different relationship, but the skill sets are the same. And you really step into that in a big way. And you've just opened up so much more Possibility in your world by expanding into coaching. It's very been to me, it's been very joyous to watch you as you explore this new part of yourself.
1: Yes, so thank you for taking me on this journey for sure. And uh, maybe I could say a few things about uh, my teaching back to the teaching again um that i actually saw myself as a coach before but i was i wasn't aware of that but i remember when i was talking to my clients about our school and what am i doing with them what are we doing together i was st- telling them something that i was not even aware what is that so i was saying yeah. that, that our teaching is not really i'm not going to teach you the language but i'm going to coach you through the journey through the language lesson through the language learning journey so you at the end know exactly what to do how to learn the language what tools you need and stuff so I I was pretty much saying the things on the phone talking to my clients talking to my students potential students and and that's how I actually deeply in me felt it so I felt teaching more like I I'm coaching people I, I never have this feeling, oh, I'm really giving them some, some I'm not teaching them the language, I don't know how to explain it, but I just wanted to, to unlock this potential in them and to see this possibility, to make them feel that there is a huge possibility and they can do that, they can get wherever they want.
0: Yeah, and I think that was really reflected as we talked about in the last podcast and how you um, created that safe environment for people to feel comfortable in making mistakes, that whole house how fascinating piece. And, um, and to me, that's a fundamental part of possibility. So many people get so nervous. Oh, I'm going to make a mistake. Oh, I can't make a mistake. They want to be perfect. But where the learning takes place, where possibility resides is in pushing yourself to see the world differently and to try things and to learn from those things that aren't done as well as you would have liked. And to look at yourself and not judge, not make some moral judgment about that, but to just say, hmm, how fascinating. <laughs> I can do this better next time. I can look at how, what I can learn from this. Um, yeah, it's it just opens so many doors where if you're not losing a possibility, you end up closing off a lot of doors, or you, you live in a much smaller, more constrained world. So I love that idea of pushing yourself hard enough that you make mistakes and that you acknowledge them and you recognize that that's just part of life and part of growing. Um, and that's part of that, that was certainly the environment you created in, in the classroom, in our teaching sessions
1: yeah i mean i i am certainly not as um as open yet so i'm still sometimes focusing on the things that go wrong and i'm trying to implement you know the how fascinating attitude or now i even was thinking about implementing just like three words just to break this tension, to just say some three words. It doesn't have to be how fascinating because sometimes you just don't want to say how fascinating. You just want to say something else. But I think that this is very important to really stop this bad emotion that is kind of going towards you and, and the saboteurs. So I think it takes time to really get really fit in that. Maybe I can say it this way. So maybe you can just explain real quick how, how did you get there, to this mindset?
0: Um, so part of it, I think, was you know growing up in Hawaii. It's pretty easy to see possibility when you're growing up in Hawaii. I spent the first seven years of my life here and have taken this concept of Aloha Spirit every place I've been. This idea of treating people with dignity and respect and welcoming and to live a joyous life. Um, and so when you're, when you're deep in that space, it's it's pretty easy then to look around and see possibility and to see hope instead of fear and doubt in places around you. And I think, it, you know, that kind of feeds into one other last thing we wanted to chat about, which was leading from any chair, right? That mm-hmm. this idea that when you're living in possibility, you can actually be a leader no matter what you do in a company, no matter what you do in your business, no matter what you do in your family, you can be that presence that's full of possibility, that's full of hope, that sets the rhythm. You don't have to be leading in front, it's it's the ability to help create that environment and support people and really grow from there. Um, so it's a very powerful place to be. You know, some people might think, oh, this is weakness, you're not doing X, Y, and Z, but, in fact, the power that emanates from possibility is greater than just about anything else.
1: That's great. You know, I, I just feel like I would like to read one part of the book that is like so powerful and resonated with me. And I Perfect. think it's a really great uh, moment to do it. I'm just sorry for my English. <laughs> no, it's great. So the the part of the book, um, there is a quote here, the, the words of Marianne Williamson. So I'm going to read it now. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same.
0: What a perfect quote to end this session on. And it captures exactly what possibility is about. How can we live up to that beautiful description of being our most powerful self? And for me, the answer lies in living in possibility lets you be your most powerful self.
1: Exactly. Great. Thank you so much for this conversation. And I hope our listeners um, have now a better idea of what is the possibility and why do we love it so much.
0: Great. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, and Thank thanks you guys so much for the questions. And thanks for suggesting that we talk about possibility this week. I hope our listeners enjoyed it and take some of this possibility and the willingness to make mistakes and say how fascinating a way with them. And remember, rule number six.
1: Right, rule number six. Thank you so much, Jim. Thanks, bye-bye.
0: Thanks, bye everybody.